So white women are hysterical and navel-gazing crazy people. I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to I Don't Get It. My name's Fonda. Uh, This is a podcast about performance in Edmonton, and we are proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Uh, So a bit of a special episode for you tonight. We've got um, Convergence, the annual showcase by Good Women Dance Collective. Um, I haven't been able to attend in the last couple of years, so it's a treat to go back. Um, Yeah, and our special guest reviewer uh, joining me for that review is Colleen Fian. So we'll take it from there. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Fonda. How's your day going? Currently, I'm sitting in a lonely, empty parkade. But, you know, <laughs> other than that, it's been a good day. We're doing great. It's There's freezing rain. <laughs> um, you know what? For Edmonton in November, freezing rain's actually, like, kind of a blessing, right? Yeah, I guess I guess we're doing okay. Like, it's, it's not minus 25. No, and it's not six feet of snow. No. So, no. Anyway. Okay, well, what, what um, what's happening? What did we do? This evening, we attended at uh, the Convergence... Uh, dance. It's a showcase. It's sort of a showcase. The Convergence Dance Showcase um, at La Cité Francophone, uh, where the two pieces featured tonight were Ruminate, choreographed by Meredith Callaman, and Cheers and Tears, A Journey into Whiteness, choreographed by Pam Tang. Yes, um, and so the the Convergence Showcase is produced every year by the Good Women Dance Collective. They, uh, as performers, were also featured in the second piece in Cheers and Tears. So we'll get to that in a bit, in a in a moment. Um, but like, how about let's start by talking about Ruminate, the um, the duet that appeared in the first half of the show. Indeed. So the 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 editor, or sorry, the the choreograph the choreographer's notes for this piece talk about two um, giraffes necking and sort of the violence and the the interaction that happens uh, with that. And so there's two dancers, the stage is bare, um, they're both sort of not in a particular costume, I just thought it was just sort of um, pedestrian dance clothes. And it's these two dancers that come on and, and um, with sort of a, a very primal sounding soundtrack that is sort of separated into I don't know about half a, or a dozen um, different pieces and they sort of move through these different moments of I I imagine giraffe movement <laughs> or, in the, or at least movement inspired by giraffes yeah, that's, yeah that's um, I think yeah what was really interesting to st- off the top was that there was a lot of focus around the neck and not mm-hmm. just neck movement but touching of the other performers neck by one you know by each other um, and so that was kind of interesting because the neck for humans and for giraffes I would imagine too is quite a vulnerable space <laughs> but giraffes have so much neck <laughs> So there, I feel like they they actually really explored sort of like what it, at at its root seems like a very kind of like simple idea. Let's talk about like you know the sleeping patterns of giraffes, <laughs> um, and actually and and did quite quite a lot with it. There was quite a range of movement and different styles. There was also a, a lot of. Um, uh, range within the soundscape, I thought too, and I thought one of the um, when I when the piece really started kind of like 
clicking and honing in for me was I I think it was um, sort of an extended cello bit. Uh, the the movement became a lot more not just connected and sort of um, inspired by its connectivity, but weight dependent Mm -hmm. there were more lifts there were more rolls over each other um and then and the two performers in that way um their their connection started meaning something else something more um something more intimate something more vulnerable and and quiet in a way even though the music i felt was a lot more um resonant and beautiful for me oh that's interesting yeah well and what i noticed throughout the piece was that the two performers were touching and they were connected throughout almost the entire performance. There were only two small, two or three small moments where they actually weren't touching each other. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that a lot of it was this push and pull of energy and 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 shifting control. So, you know, you would, when you go into like a ballroom dance, there's somebody who's in charge the whole time mm-hmm. and they lead the dance and, and the other person follows. But in this dance, it was this constant shift and, and exchange of now I'm in control, now you're in control and Either that that controlled movement was either violent, like at the outset where they're throwing each other's heads around, or later on it's very loving and compassionate or supportive or whatever. And and I noticed that as you were saying, like sort of as they moved later into the piece, there were a lot of lifts and 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 what you you know in, in a ballet, what I think you call a pas de deux, um, it, it was about these two dancers dancing together and this shift of weight and power and things like that but it was also equal because um the female dancer would often take on the the sort of the power lift role yeah like yeah yeah carrying carrying the weight really right yeah Mm -hmm. so they took turns being you know stereotypically male and female roles Mm -hmm. in that dance but it did feel like a ballet pas de deux for me like it felt Mm -hmm. very connected in that way but in sort of an animalistic yeah, in a, in a very in a very classical way, this was like a male female pairing. But I don't think um, in the choreography, the way that it played out, that it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 didn't really um, define the roles in either way. And the fact that um, you know the female character did do a lot of the more weight bearing lifts um, and think I, I you know that was that's pretty refreshing. Um, and one of the I, I will like. It's not really a spoiler, I guess, but I always love it when a dance piece ends on a snap of the light in the middle of a movement um, yeah. or in the middle of like a leap or a jump because it means you're active. Yeah, because your brain carries the movement into the darkness and it's just the most it's just a really like satisfying feeling to just watch like an incredible move like snap to black in the middle and it's just like wow that was that was nice that was nice and there were some movements i loved i think it was maybe three or four segments in and it was sort of they'd stopped interpreting sort of the feeling of giraffes a little bit and they actually i don't know for me it felt like somebody had turned on a a a video and they were watching how giraffes moved Mm -hmm. and it was like they were the especially the female dancer was doing this sort of thing where it was like they were on all fours and they were doing this like (laughs) kind of movement and like a very primal breathing like like i just loved watching it because they were doing this movement with and obviously humans can't really easily emulate giraffes because because you know my neck anyway my neck is like two fucking inches we're, we're so not shaped that way no <laughs> but they managed to do that just sort of with their core and their mm-hmm. yeah it was i just loved watching it it was neat mm-hmm. my favorite movement moment of that piece was um 
the female dancer was standing sort of upright, a little bit, uh, a little bit um, bent forward at the waist with her arms outstretched. And the male dancer sort of rolled his head from one of her arms all the way across both arms behind her head into the other, kind of like a juggler would with like a ball across his back. And I thought I was just kind of like, wow, they did that. I was, and they and they didn't even really like there's something really cool about watching dance that doesn't refer to itself very much like they just do something and move on without mm-hmm. letting you sit and think about it yeah. um unlike the second piece which was like very much <laughs> a sort of like we're gonna do something and then we're gonna let you stew on it yeah. and then we're gonna <laughs> um yeah there's there there was there was sort of like kind of a primal innocence to this first piece that was just like it was it was it was interesting um and easy to absorb and just sort of like it felt like you were just sort of like watching something in nature a little bit like you didn't have to impress anything upon it it was very playful mm-hmm. and like forgive me i have a two-year-old he's obsessed with giraffes <laughs> so and so maybe there were some <laughs> things that you got out of it that i did not because i was just kind of at first i was just sort of like what this piece is called ruminate i know i was supposed to read the notes before <laughs> what is well, happening so, and then and then b- about giraffes necking mm-hmm. and i like like just forgive me i'm a mom like let me have my moment and so like i have a two-year-old right now and when he gets tired and he gets a little bit rambunctious he likes to kind of headbutt me and like nuzzle me a little bit and it's an incredibly like affectionate well it doesn't feel affectionate but it is an affectionate (laughs) move because he's tired and he's trying to like like rut into me a little bit yeah like it's kind of you know like and i'm just you know he's a two-year-old so he's still kind of animalistic you know giraffes yeah (laughs) yeah so it's this kind of intimate movement where they're kind of just like nuzzling into you and i don't know in the first couple of segments kind of like reminded me of of that like Mm -hmm. physical need to bond in a really i don't know like not a violent way but like a like a affectionate but also kind of physical cuddly way i don't know but just like we don't speak to each other but if i touch you with my head and i nuzzle you yeah it is a thing dorothy Please does this don't. dorothy does this to me in the morning like all the we're time in a dark parkade in yeah. a car like let's not do that right now <laughs> but she just but i know she just wants to be fed that's yeah. the thing <laughs> yeah and so does henry i think <laughs> <laughs> often often so i think like so i think the piece sort of hit me in this way that it was a very as you said you know um not simple but very innocent kind of feeling animalistic piece where they do these lovely movements and they sort of explore all these different versions of what a giraffe could be mm-hmm. and then yeah and like yeah and how they, and how they relate to each other with touch and that's yeah. and then yeah and i think that and power was power shifting and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, that, and yeah so maybe we got it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We should ask my two-year-old. I don't yeah. know. Henry. <laughs> um, okay. So that was that piece was called Ruminate, um, and the choreographer was Meredith Kalman, um, danced uh, by her and Walter Kubanek. Um, and if we're mispronouncing those, of course, terribly sorry. Um, we are only only white ladies. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving along. Um, to, to, I think I I need to disclose that I don't have an extensive da- dance uh, an extensive dance background. I danced for three years badly at Vicomp, and <laughs> tried out for like the dance team once, and was told afterwards that like thank you, it was adorable that you tried. They're like maybe you should stick to opera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty much it. It's okay. I also did not 
I, I mean, yeah, I'm not a dancer now, so let's we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, okay, well, so let's take a quick breath, quick white lady self cleansing breath, and um, and we're gonna Do talk to about <laughs> no, well, we're gonna talk about Cheers and Tears: A Journey into Whiteness, which was the second half of the Convergence Showcase, um, choreographed and um, conceptualized by Pam Tang. Um, and it created along with the Good Women Dance Collective, um, re- who are, um, as we've talked about them on the show before, um, is Ainsley Hilliard, Alita Kendall, Kate Stashko, and Krista Lynn. Um, Krista Lynn, um, who has been, we've seen in um, works before, um, but I'm, I think this might have been the first piece that I saw um, her doing with uh, the Good Women proper, actually. So in any case, for white ladies dancing um, on the stage with, um, with Pam Tseng. Uh, <laughs> and, um, well, how do you want to set this up, Colleen? How, what, what were our, what were your first, what were, what's the audience's first vision of this show? What do you see? <laughs> <laughs> so I loved the juxtaposition between these four naked white, well, no, sorry, no, topless white women in nude um, shorts uh, that are moving very animalistically around the stage with um, an Asian woman dressed quite modestly, quite feminine, um, moving around and clearly observing what they were doing. And you have this voiceover of um, what is a, the Planet Earth from it, it's from Planet Earth, episode 11, Ocean Deep. Uh, the BBC Nature documentary series, and they're talking about the evolution of Homo sapiens and and the rise uh, to power of 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 the white Homo sapiens and how they are considered to be um, the the highest whatever of the hi- of hierarchy of, the highest of the hierarchy of, of the of the, of the um, Homo sapiens yeah. and whatnot and um and so and and you sort of have this move from from very primal Homo sapien into maybe sort of the modern day and and then you see this this dance of these four women these four white women and uh playing out what they believe white women to be and so the the notes say for six weeks um the dancers were invited to question um and they lived the experiences of all involved in the process they they explored their own experiences and and brought some of and there was there was some dialogue in the dance piece yeah there was a lot of there was a lot of um like uh uh, narration like God Mike narration like yeah. you you would hear you know so the 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 planet Earth narration was a total send up like it wasn't actually planet Earth but made to sound exactly like planet Earth just like watch the white women in <laughs> in their natural habitat at the at the Garno cafe at the, the Garno cafe or like yeah, you know yeah, the yeah, sugar yeah. bowl or whatever the fuck I don't know <laughs> and they all had like their hair was loose and it was dragged in their faces and their breasts did not look um beautiful and like they didn't look beautiful i i was you know they looked very natural and very primal mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and so they kind of what was interesting in the piece is that they sort of used a number of different materials to kind of 
wrap themselves in whiteness. Um, there was, <laughs> yeah. you know, there was one very sort of like um, like a tough sort of uh, paper or um, kind of textile material um, that I thought Kate Stashko really sort of <laughs> enveloped herself in and really it ended up being quite rigid and mm. awkward and funny. Clearly white burden. Yeah, queer, <laughs> obviously. Um, and then and then there was another part where um, one of the performers um, wrapped the another's head in um, kind of like a face like a white gauze like that was all wrapped so it sort of looked like a face covering like almost like almost like a turban it's a beautiful dress and then it Mm -hmm. got more elaborate and more elaborate until she couldn't see hear speak or breathe yeah and just like completely just sort of like enveloped in this like white like whole head turban mask thing Um, and then um, the, the final stroke of that, like enveloped in whiteness, suffocating whiteness, really, um, was uh, <laughs> Ainsley Hilliard putting on an entire bag of popcorn, like po- like um, packing packing, packing popcorn um, over her head, and like as I mean, as a parent, you must have just been writhing. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. I was like, "Is she okay? I need to pop a hole in that bag. Can she fucking breathe?" It's just like really, yes, watching and. I've seen a few dance shows use a lot of plastic bag stuff. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's so, yes, I, I understand this sort of like suffocating whiteness and, and the idea of how it is. It's so prevalent. And the beautiful thing really was that Pam Tang is just sort of this like, kind of graceful body about the stage who is still sort of controlling things like she'll snap her finger and things will shift completely um and but at the same time you're still only hearing and seeing what the white performers are doing and there's kind of there is a there was a definite smugness to it Mm -hmm. like just kind of like oh yes we're so woke we're so white we're so you know progressive beef beef yeah yeah Yeah, but but it kind of always kept brought back home to this very sort of like quiet character that was just observing that was pam sang that was Mm -hmm. the one non-white person on the stage Well, and I think it's worth saying that, like, while it's about white women, it's not about Canadian white women in in totality. It's about upper white middle class millennial women and who I guess identify with a need to talk about feminism. One of them was wearing a shirt that said feminist AF Mm -hmm. and as um, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) And so there's so so it is a particular flavor of of white women who probably are somewhat young somewhat affluent have choice have speech have opinions and all these things and and so you're looking at it and you're like and and there's i mean literally like at the beginning of it many of them were doing this movement where they're like flailing and like literally navel gazing and so yeah so there's so there's it is a section of white women that are i guess progressive but somewhat navel gazing and somewhat self-centered and don't seem 
terribly grounded. <laughs> and there's sort of a hysterical nature to it. And I, I Oh, the hysteria bit at the beginning was great where yeah. they all started like hyperventilating a little bit. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're and so they're trapped and they're 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 trying to express these loud views so vehemently and yet they seem so childish and frankly hysterical compared to this very calm, dignified Asian woman who's observing all of this mm-hmm. and and maybe that reflects the young female um, chaos with sort of like I don't know what I'm supposed to be because you're so close to the white male power but yet you are not of white male power mm-hmm. but you're not really a woman of color who really struggles with where she stands in society like you you've sort of got this duality of, of power but not power mm-hmm. and you know you're Anyway, so it's 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 it was an I mean as a as a white woman who fits that <laughs> demographic, you know, you're watching it and you're like, oh yeah, okay, okay. Like my Instagram account probably makes me look a little hysterical too. But you know, I just love how the, the you use the term hysterical though. I, I I used it too, but like, but hysteria used to right. of course hysteria is also just like an oppressive sort of term <laughs> to point out that we are using um but you you mentioned something because um because I don't I I didn't recognize the music I just don't know it but you uh recognized some of the song in in the show <laughs> okay i have a 2 year old son as was earlier disclosed and so part of the at some point they start humming the, the this song from Mulan the disney film about the young asian woman about going oh my reflection doesn't show who I am inside or whatever Mm -hmm. so it's interesting having this this Asian woman who to me seemed like the only dignified person on that stage and so and all these white women are sort of running around humming this song that is from uh, an Asian woman's perspective about who she is inside and it's these so I don't mean it's just interesting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um I never saw Mulan shit oh, come on man <laughs> that was cheers and tears <laughs> yeah. i didn't have any cheers well i didn't have any tears and i don't really feel like cheering <laughs> oh i i i enjoyed what they were saying well so my mother went to jordan in in africa um a few years ago and she came back and she was like what a great trip and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, the women there are so dignified and so empowered. Empowered. And I was like, what? And I was like, mom, they have to cover up. Like, they're not empowered at all. And she said, no, 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 no. It was, it was a great trip because seeing the women there, they are covered up. But there's all these rules against having nudity on in advertising. And, like, the women know their role and, like... And I was just, I was so horrified that she was saying this because I was just like, are you kidding me? There are women who are not empowered. And and it was just interesting watching this juxtaposition between all these flailing, confused, running around with their heads cut off white women in this dance piece compared to this very composed, very dignified, observant Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it just, it sort of struck home for me that it was like, okay, these white women have taken on all these battles and all these causes and all these things. And whether or not they have the power to change it, different discussion. But, you know. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think in a lot of ways, um, it was a collaborative creation, but um, Pam Tsang's role was um, as sort of a, in, in the lead. Um, in the program and in the performance, even though in the performance it was such a uh, stepped back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
step back role. And it it's funny when we think about um, so many of the performances that we see that are created with white companies and white performers and everything like the leader, if they're on the stage, it's usually pretty obvious <laughs> um, and pretty um, bombastic even. And this um, Pam Tang on stage had a quality that was just like the opposite of that. But I think it goes it goes to, you know, when you, you talk about your mom and her perspective on that trip to Jordan um, and in this way, too, I think that there's so much um, misunderstanding among white women about um, oppression and women's choices mm-hmm. and the way and the different ways that those choices manifest around the world um, and in different cultures that like, you know, we as white women, sometimes we don't understand why someone would desire modesty Mm -hmm. or desire um you know quiet dignity over um you know being like self-assertive and loud and you know proud of and and um and bare-chested yeah yeah exactly and (laughs) and and so there's yeah there's there's just like there's just there's a lot of diversity to womanhood too mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that's um, that's something that this uh, really started to crack open a little bit right and so for a I don't know 40 minute dance piece like it's a lot to unpack in in 40 minutes mm-hmm. well and yeah and they and they did it from perspectives that were within that room at the time right you know we can't you can't do the whole world i mean i know they did the planet earth thing but you can't they did emphasize that it was canadian women (laughs) canadian white women of a certain age so 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 i was intrigued there were some interesting visual moments Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's quite a theme to take on yeah yeah um i guess well so so we'll leave it there um thank you colleen very much for coming on the podcast today and uh and finding a babysitter once again thank you for having me taproot edmonton is a source of community-driven stories about our city cultivated by the community It is building a new way to deliver local journalism with a focus on delivering high-quality, long-form local stories, plus weekly roundups of curated updates on local topics like tech, media, city council, food, business, music, and arts, too. You can sign up to become a member and get more info at taprootedmonton.ca. P.S. We highly recommend the Arts Roundup. Sign up at Taproot to get it in your inbox every Thursday. Our Alberta Podcast Network pals at Let's Find Out are wrapping up their season with a live show at the Almanac on White on December 1st. The theme for the event is How Do We Make Nature? And host Chris Chang-Yan Phillips will be there to help find the answers. There will be short talks on the theme plus fun activities. It'll be a chance to get your hands dirty playing around with the visions of what our city could become. At least that's what Chris says. For more info on Let's Find Out and all of APN's member podcasts, visit albertapodcastnetwork.com. Great. Well, thank you again to Colleen for um, stepping in, finding a babysitter, stepping in and uh, helping review that dance show. All right. Um, Coming up next or still running, actually, is six at the Citadel Theater. It's on until November 24th. Bed and Breakfast, the kickoff to Theater Network season, uh, is running at the Roxy on Gateway. That starts at November 19th and runs till December 8th. Pippin, the McEwen Theater Arts Program, is presenting that at the Trifo Theater, November 20th through 30th. And the next Dirt Buffet Cabaret is coming up, curated by Isabelle Rousseau. Uh, this one is all um, 
it's all French themed. So even Chef Doreen Pry will be there. That's at Spazio Performativo on November 21st. And Waitress, the next Broadway across Canada selection, starts up at the Jubilee Auditorium uh, on November 26th and runs to December 1st. So that's all we have for you this week, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Go out and see some shows. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenov. Sit here thinking, I love you.